All right, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's good, it's good to be together um, on another Thursday night. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Hall. Uh, I went to UT when I was a student. I'm no longer a student now, if you couldn't tell, um, which I know you could, okay? Um, and I've been serving here with you at Christian Students for a few years, and it is uh, genuinely, I just feel privileged uh, to be with you all enjoying Christ together. Isn't it good? Okay, before we get uh, started here, let's just do this. Let's make sure everybody's facing me. I know we have the chairs uh, facing that way. If I can see your back, just turn to me. It's going to help me speak faster. If you turn this way, I won't talk for an hour and a half, okay? But if you're not facing me, I may talk for three hours. So, no, I'm just kidding. But let's turn this way. And everybody on the third row, wave at me right now. Everybody on the third row, those are our luxury suites up there. Okay, we can hear you, okay? We, we can hear you, okay? I know it's, it's far away, but it's actually not that far away. Okay, it sounds like this when you talk. Okay, all right? So let's just have one conversation here for about the next 30 minutes. And uh, let's do this. Let's enjoy God's Word. Amen? Um, let's, let's just open our hearts, turn to the Lord, um, you never know, you never know what God may speak to you. Um, certain verse, you probably had a long day, long day, full stomach. Uh, you probably got homework to do later tonight. But for the next 30 minutes, let's turn our heart to God. Amen. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about growth. And I was fascinated by this. Brothers and sisters, all living things grow. There's something uh, connected with life and growth. All living organisms grow. I see some of you got pins. I'm loving that. Uh, there's a whole lot of space on your outline for taking notes, okay? Um, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to commend your note-taking. No, no, not you, Jeremiah. It's, it's okay, bro. It's okay, bro. Um, take notes. Um, all living things grow. And I was also fascinated by this when I was looking at it this morning. Animals um, plants, bacteria, phytoplankton at the bottom of the sea, all living things grow, and all living organisms start as a single cell. How about that? All living organisms start as a single cell. Where's Will Wang? Will, come on, bro. I know, I know you're eating. It's okay, bro. Everyone, if you don't know Will, this is Will. Come on up here, bro. Will is a senior. Let's, let's, yeah, let's give it a clap for Will. Okay, I want to give you a brief history of Will Wang's life. Oh, gosh. It won't take that long, okay? <laughs> it won't take that long. Will started as a single cell. How about that? Wow. There was a beginning for Will Wang's life. There was a time when he was a single cell in his mother's womb. Isn't that amazing? Quite a bit bigger than a single cell now, right? Okay, I'm going to give you a brief history of Will's life. At five weeks, what's five times seven? 35. 35. That means 35 days from being a single cell, Will had a heartbeat. How about that? 35 days. Do you remember that? I know, unfortunately not. 35 days. At six weeks, what's six times seven? 
nose, mouth, ears, and his brain began to develop. Pretty interesting, right? Seven weeks. What's seven times seven? Forty-nine. See, it's been a long time for math for me. Hands and feet. At 49 days, Will had hands and feet. At 11 weeks, what's 11 times 7? That's 77. <laughs> See, I beat you on that one. At 77 days, Will was kicking, stretching, and hiccuping inside his mother's womb. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. You do? The kicks. At 12 weeks, at 12 weeks, 12 times 7? 84. At 84 days, Will was reacting to his mother touching her stomach. He would react. There would be light. If they had shined a flashlight, Will would have reacted like this. Isn't that amazing? Will started as a single cell. And now, how many years later? 21. 21 years later. Now, wouldn't it have been sad if Will had remained a single cell? Mm, yes. Wouldn't it have been sad? <laughs> I would have much fewer corny jokes in my life <laughs> if Will had remained a single cell. Yeah. I'm a dad now, so I like corny jokes. Dad jokes. My life has been greatly enriched by Will Wang's growth. Not only have we had good times together, but there's even been times where we've prayed together and we've seen God move Mm -hmm. in people's lives. Incredible. It is incredible. I mean, we were rejoicing, man. Somebody got saved and it's just like, we were in the heavens. And if Will had remained a single cell, if he hadn't grown, we would have never experienced that. Wouldn't that have been sad? Brothers and sisters, all living things grow. Thank you, Will. And wait, wait, don't go away, Will. Don't go away, Will. Don't go away, Will. Has growing up always been easy? No. Hadn't always been easy. Growth isn't always easy. Brothers and sisters, has anybody ever suffered through anything? Has anybody ever had a situation they went through? Great. Growing up's not so easy, is it? Growing up, growth requires some, some things. It does, doesn't it? Growth requires some things. Okay, thanks, Will. Okay, so tonight, brothers and sisters, we're um, not going to be talking about physical growth. There's a great hand slap. We're not going to be talking about physical growth. We're going to be talking about spiritual growth. And specifically, we're going to be talking about growth in Christ. Underline that on your outline right now. Growth in Christ. So brothers and sisters, spiritual matters are abstract. They're not as easy to talk about as physical matter. They're abstract. We can't see it. But it's the things that are unseen that are eternal. Okay? So because we're talking about growth that's somewhat abstract and hard to, it's a little bit harder to to determine than, oh, you got taller or, oh, you gained weight. 
Okay, that's usually what I do. Oh, Chris, you gained weight again. Okay. It's a little bit harder. So what we need is a biblical definition. We need to go to God's word and learn, Lord, what is genuine spiritual growth? What's growth in Christ? What's growth in Christ? Okay. So if you think that you already know what growth is, okay, I would just, I'm just asking you, just drop it. Just, okay. There's, there's something out there that affects us all called the I know disease. Hey, we're going to talk about growth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know about that already. Yeah, I already know. I know about that. When we say I know, oh, yeah, amen, brother. I know already that. I know that. When we say that, we exclude ourselves from receiving spiritual benefit. Okay? So let's just take... Everything that we've learned before and just for the next 30 minutes, just okay, and open to God's word that he could speak to us. Okay. All right. Let's read the out. Let's read the title all together. Ready? We're going to be doing some reading together. Ready? Go. Okay. Now do it and let's emphasize in Christ. Ready? Go. Okay. You're getting better already. All right. And let's read. Let's read the verse here. Ephesians 415 at the top. Ready? Go. Circle into him, into him. We may grow up into him. Christ is the direction, the means, and the goal of our growth. I don't know what the beeping is either, so we're just going to keep going, okay? Into him. Christ is the direction. He's the direction of our growth, and Christ is the means of our growth, and Christ is the end. He's the goal of our growth, okay? This growth that we're talking about is absolutely in and into Christ, okay? All right, now I'm going to break down the entire message for you in about three phrases, okay? So draw a little bracket around number one. What number one is going to tell you is what growth is not. Number one, what growth is not. If you're defining something, it's helpful to define what it's not, what growth is not. Okay, points two and three, draw a bracket around those. That's what growth is. Points two and three, what growth is. And then number four, don't be scared, but this is what growth requires. <gasps> or you can write what growth takes, if that feels a little less scary. Okay, what growth takes or what growth requires. And I want, you, I want you to know and grasp what I'm hoping you get out of this time from the jump, okay? And it's this. This is what I hope you take away from this time. And it's that God, Almighty God, is moving heaven and earth to cause you to grow. Almighty God is supernaturally intervening in the universe to cause you to grow. All it requires also is our cooperation. Almighty God is moving heaven and earth to cause you to grow, but it also requires that we would cooperate. God is operating. 
We just have to cooperate. That's cooperate. Cooperate. Okay? All right. Um, let's read vor, ver, oh, verse 1. Let's read point 1 together. Ready? Go. Everybody say not. not. Okay, circle that. Not. This is what growth is not. Okay? Let's read 1 Corinthians 13, 8 together. Ready? Go. And let's read the next verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 29. Ready, go. That's a rhetorical question. What do you think the answer is? No. Okay. Useless? Eventually, will be rendered useless. Cease? Rendered useless? And then the last one, No. Brothers and sisters, I want you to consider this. Not a job interview, but an exit interview. Imagine at the end of your life, you're having an exit interview with God. And just by the way, that will actually happen. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. This is for believers. We're going to have an exit interview with God. And imagine God's kind of reviewing things there and he says, okay, let's talk about growth. Let's just kind of look at it here. Let's talk about your growth as a Christian in your life. And then you automatically start, well, yeah, I mean, great. I mean, you, you can see it on the resume there. Um, I, I studied a lot. I studied a lot. I got, uh, of course, I, I got an engineering degree, but then, I, but then I went and I got a theological degree. And um, my, my friends, my group of friends, they always asked, they, they came to me when, when they needed to answer questions about the Bible. Um, and I, I, I memorized a lot, and um, I listened to a lot, and, uh, and then God interrupts you. No, 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 I, I wanted to talk about your growth. Well, God, I, I don't understand. I, I, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about how I grew. No, no, no. I want to talk about your growth. Well, well God, I, um, there were a lot of times where I prayed for people who got sick, and I prayed for them, and they got released from their infirmities. And um, I went on mission trips. And I don't remember if you uh, remember that time when I went to South Africa, and there was that tribe that I went to, and everyone was very attentive to me. And he says, no, no, please stop. I wanted to talk about your growth. Brothers and sisters, wouldn't it be sad? Wouldn't it be sad to get to the end of our lives and learn... That what we've invested in, what we've given ourselves to, would not count as genuine growth in God's eyes. Wouldn't it be sad? You know, there was a brother who told me recently he got his MBA. And he went and interviewed for a job. After you get out of grad school, you need a job. Went and interviewed for a job. And he's interviewing there. He's like, yeah, I just got my MBA. You know what they said? Yeah, that doesn't really mean much to us. We, we really prefer the experience over MBA. MBA means nothing to us. He said, wow, that's unfortunate because I just spent two years and a lot of money getting one. Ouch. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is good. Power is good. 
growing in the function of our gifts, good. But that's not necessarily growth in Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5 and 7, Paul tells the Corinthians, you have all gifts and all knowledge. Wouldn't you like that approval, that rating from the Apostle Paul? Paul, how would you rate our church? All gifts and all knowledge. But then he says in chapter 3, verse 1, but you guys are infants in Christ. You got a lot of knowledge. You can speak well. You can pray well. You can heal people well. You can do miracles. Everybody's impressed, but God's not impressed. You're infants. You're still infants in Christ. That's why Paul's laboring so hard. You're still infants in Christ. Brothers and sisters, knowledge, power, gifting is not growth. And you can look better on the outside and not have grown. So what is growth? Let's read point two together. Two and three are what growth is. Let's read point two together. Ready, go. Growth is the growth in Christ is the increase of God in us. Okay, prove it to me from the Bible. Okay, let's read the Apostle Paul here in Colossians two nineteen. Ready, go. Underline grows with the growth of God. Okay, just God's not growing in and of himself, okay? He's infinite. He's perfect. He's incredible. He's awesome. He's almighty. But the amount of God we have in us can grow, okay? That's good news. We want to have the attitude of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3. I'd count everything lost that I may gain Christ. Brothers and sisters, hopefully the amount of God we have gained in us will grow. Every day, every week of every year that God gives us on this earth grows with the growth of God in us. Okay? Let's read point three here together also. Ready, go. Okay, this is where things are going to get a little more practical. What's growth? It's Christ making his home in our heart. Okay, let's read Ephesians 3.17a. That just means the first part of the verse. Okay, let's read that together. Ready, go. Okay, Christ is making his home in our hearts. And I'm going to put a little teeth to that right now. Okay, what does that mean, Chris? He's making his home in our heart. That means in our mind, in our emotions, and in our will, and our conscience, Christ is making his home there. Okay, make it a little more practical for me. In my mind, that means my thoughts. That means if Christ is making home in my mind, it means my thoughts about things will change. Does that make sense? Christ is making home in our emotions. That means my feelings about things will change. 
Christ is making home in our will. That means the decisions that I make will change. Change how? They'll go from being what I think, what I like, what I do, to being one with what Christ thinks and likes and does. Okay? If Christ is making home in our heart, it means our thoughts, our feelings, and our decisions will change Change how? To become one with Christ's thoughts, feelings, and decisions. Okay? So let's just move forward with the Apostle Paul's illustration here. Christ is making home in our heart. It's actually home down. He's making home down in our heart. Okay? Let's go with the home uh, illustration here. And let's consider the rooms of our heart. Okay? Everybody here's got a home. Maybe you don't like your dorm room, but it's a temporary home, okay? You got one room there. Um, there are, sometimes there are many rooms in a home. Usually when you invite people over, you tell them, hey, make yourself at home. But you really don't mean that, right? <laughs> you really don't mean that. You might mean, hey, feel free to take off your shoes, you know, or feel free to drink some water that I give you. But what you don't mean is, hey, man, redecorate the place um, however you like it. Uh, if you want to throw some stuff away, here's the trash can. Make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. Eat, eat the stuff in my fridge. And uh, here's, the, uh, here's the code to my bank account. Just have at it. Make yourself at home. We usually don't mean that. But that's what Paul is talking about. Christ is making home in our heart, in our thoughts, our feelings, in our decisions. Okay, so just consider, just consider. What about the room? What about your entertainment room? Your entertainment room. What about the room of your heart where all your entertainment lies? What you watch. What you play. Where you go, has your thoughts, have your thoughts, your feelings, and your decisions about what you watch changed? Have they changed? At one time, I loved this. And then gradually, I thought, uh, I don't think I can watch that anymore. Have your feelings toward it changed? Oh, but I loved it, but now, um, honestly, it makes me uncomfortable. Have your decisions about it changed? Uh, season one, season two, season three, season four. Season five, sorry, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I, I, just, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Where you go. I love going there with these people. It is awesome. It's happening. I don't know. I don't think I can go this weekend. Have your thoughts, your feelings, and your decisions about entertainment changed? Is Jesus welcome in that room? Can he come in? Is he allowed to interject a thought, an opinion? Oh, not that one. Oh, okay. Well, is he allowed to redecorate? How about the room of our future? Post-graduation plans. 
Is Jesus allowed there? You may have everything already planned out. You may have the posters on the wall. Is Jesus allowed in that room? Is he allowed to maybe share a different vision for the layout of that room? What about post-graduation? Is he allowed to change things around? Is he allowed to make himself comfortable? Or is that a part of our lives that's no go? Not yet. Yes, maybe in five years, which would be good in five years. We would say praise the Lord. Better if it was two. Better if it was right now. The Lord's the ultimate gentleman, so he'll never force himself in. He'd just stand at the door and knock. There's one last room. This is the last one I'll mention because we've got to keep going. What about the barred off, sealed off door of <gasps> getting married? Relationships. Is Jesus welcome in that room? How have your thoughts, your feelings, and your decisions about marriage and getting married, what that process looks like, who that person might look like, is Jesus allowed in there? Or is it high security? If Christ is growing in us, if he's making home in our heart, then gradually, not altogether, but gradually, our thoughts will change. Our feelings about it will change. And then eventually, even our decisions, they'll change. Okay? Last one. This is what growth requires. And it's the one I got the most burden on, and it's the one we got the shortest amount of time on. <laughs> so we'll just have to, anyway. We'll just have to keep going. Okay. What growth requires. Let's all read it together. Let's read that point together. Ready? Go. Circle the, the, the prefix co. Circle co. Our cooperation. You know what that means? Somebody else is already operating. Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Listen to this phrase. Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Does that sound scary? It does to me. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm so happy verse 13 is here. What's verse 13 say? For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working. Oh, you know what? I think I'm willing um, to open to the Lord. Where'd that come from? God. Who's operating? Oh, you know what? I think I'm, I'm up for working out, going to the meeting. Where'd that come from? God, who's operating? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How am I going to do that? For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working. So brothers, you know, what, you know what's left for us? Just to say yes. Just to say, amen. I have a sense, let's go to the meeting. Amen. 
That's cooperation. Um, I wonder where I should go to school. I feel like the Lord says University of Texas. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 17, God placed you in specific places, your dwelling place, and the season that you would dwell there. Why? So that you might seek God. God operates. He moves heaven and earth so that your heart would be in the very best condition to co-operate. Just saying yes. Okay? Um, we got to move. Let's read Proverbs 28, 13 together. Ready? Go. Okay, I'm going to briefly mention this. Um, brothers and sisters, this is a divine rule in the universe. It's a law. It just, it is what it is. If we cover our transgressions, we will not prosper. If we cover our transgressions, brothers and sisters, count on it. We will not prosper. We won't grow. We won't grow. I had some of my own personal friends who were loving the Lord, enjoying the Lord. And then all of a sudden, it kind of seemed like they were there physically, but something changed. Uh, heart and mind somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, they disappeared. I won't answer my text. Hey, bro, I, I'm, not, I'm not Mr. Holy Man full-timer at this point, okay? That's how sometimes how people think of me. I'm just a student. These are my friends. And it's a big mystery. What happened? What happened to them? Why'd they just... It's really simple. They got entangled in some sin. And they got embarrassed. It's embarrassing. Why? Because we want to love God. We, we want to. And so they did their best to spray on the church smile for a while. But the guilt was too much. And so then they, they hit the road. Because they couldn't take it. Brothers and sisters, if we cover our transgressions, we won't prosper. Uh, this is coming from a giant sinner. If we cover our transgressions, we will not prosper. But he who confesses. Amen? Yes. He who confesses. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we confess, He'll forgive. But I want you to also realize that's not where this verse ends. He who confesses and forsakes will obtain mercy. Brothers and sisters, if you're like me, it's not so easy to forsake. It's not so easy. I need the brothers. I need the brothers. 
just recently, going through a situation, man, I open up. So much light and strength. And I'm just born by the brothers and sisters and, and their, their prayer. And their, I'm released. I, it was amazing. I, I open the situation up and in comes God. If we cover our transgressions, we will not grow. We will not grow. We'll flatline. And at best, we'll fool. We'll fool a few people for a while. At worst, we'll fool ourselves and think everything's all right when it's not. If we confess, He forgives. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you from my own experience, there's strength in the body of Christ. You sin against God, you confess to God. You sin against man, you confess to man. And brothers and sisters, if you'll open your situation with another brother, another sister, and you guys pray, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what God can do in your life. I just felt I would do you a disservice if I didn't mention this point in this situation. Amen? Amen. Okay. There's more, but let's pray and then break up in fellowship, okay? Um, how about this? I'll pray and then we can get into our groups. We can fellowship and then we'll have some time to open it up, okay, so that we can all overflow. Um, thank you, Lord. May we all grow every day of the rest of our lives. God would move heaven and earth to cause our heart to be open to him and to cooperate with what he wants to do. Lord, we love you. We we call on you. Lord, cause us to grow. God causes the growth. Lord, we say yes to you. Lord, have a way every day the rest of our lives. Say yes to you. Cooperate with you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's get in our groups now and fellowship.